to the Evolution Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ferraro, here with my co-host, Dave Sanders. Uh, we're going to be talking NBA free agency, the craziness that it was. Uh, Dave, hit him with that Woj bomb that dropped about 1.30 this morning. Yeah, so Kawhi and Paul George teaming up, going to the Clippers. Damn! <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is pretty crazy because all of free agency had pretty much wrapped up during the first day or two um, once teams were allowed to legally you know, talk. Um, and we've been waiting on Kawhi for some time now. It seemed like the Lakers were probably in the lead, but he decided that he wanted to team up with Paul George. Paul George makes the trade demand, and the Clippers gave up quite a bit to go get both of them. Yeah, it looks like the Clippers are sending Oklahoma City their unprotected 2022, 24, and 26 picks, their unprotected 21, and a protected 2023 picks they got via Miami, and the rights to swap with the Clippers in 2023 and 2025. So that's an unprecedented that's a whole amount. Lot of picks there. Yeah, I mean that's unprecedented to give up that many unprotected picks. Uh, looks like three of their own unprotected rights to swap in two different years, and then that unprotected 2021 from Miami could be pretty damn good. I mean, it's kind of hard to say with the Miami one. They did make a lot of moves. Plus, they picked up uh, Jimmy Butler, which we'll talk about here in, in a little bit. Uh, but the thing is, the Clippers also shipped out a couple good players. Yeah, Shea Gilders-Alexander, I really like him. He was the 11th pick last year, showed a lot of promise. Some people think he's a future all-star. And Danilo Gallinari, um, who's 30, he's a scorer, can shoot the three. Last year of his deal, so he probably gets flipped again. Uh, But this is the biggest haul we've seen for a star player, but it makes sense because it wasn't just for Paul George. They were a package deal, and the Clippers either got both of them or neither of them. Yeah, 100%. So it's going to be interesting to see how Kawhi and George get together, kind of where the rest of this kind of roster rounds out. Um, still, I think there's a lot of these rosters are still kind of up in the air. Um, but I found it interesting that he chose the Clippers over the Lakers. Um, does that say more about what the Lakers are or just kind of how Kawhi is? It could be a little bit of both. Um, the dysfunction could have finally backfired for the Lakers. We've seen like little brother in both these towns and, you know, Brooklyn, um, you know, getting Durant and Kyrie over the Knicks and, you know, both of these guys going to the Clippers instead of the Lakers. Well-run franchises that may not have been the biggest in their cities are actually pulling in um, some of the big guys where it seems like the Knicks at least completely struck out the Lakers. They've got LeBron, they've got Davis, they'll be okay. But I'm kind of just glad there's not another super team going on right now because, those three, Kawhi, Davis, and LeBron, would have been really hard to beat for the next couple of years. Yeah, I think, I don't want to say the idea of a super, super team, like a 3-4 type all-stars is, is gone. Um, you know, KD moved on, uh, going to Brooklyn, but it seems a lot more pairing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously LeBron and AD would have taken whoever they could have got that's super good, don't get them wrong, but... I think a lot of this is Kawhi being Kawhi, uh, you know, from Spurs and San Antonio to Toronto. Now he can go back home to L.A. but not have to deal with, frankly, the dysfunction and the BS that is the Lakers at this point. Uh, so it's I, I get the move by Kawhi. I like it. He gets to pull Paul George with him. He gets, they're going to be a pretty good team. That West is still pretty stacked, and there's no little brother on either side this anymore. No, I mean, if you look just at the West, you've got probably five or six teams that really think they have a chance to come out of there. You've got the Rockets. Um, the Clippers, Lakers, the Jazz, um, love what they did with getting Connolly, uh, the Blazers, Nuggets, Warriors. So, I mean, this is as close to parity yeah. as we've had in the NBA in forever. Yeah, that's eight, That's basically eight playoff teams right there. Uh, so, yeah. and it's, and they're all pretty good. So, if you tell them they're going to, it's going to be quite interesting. I mean, you know, the East is pretty much pretty similar to that. There's got a lot of great teams. 
Yeah. Uh, do you think in the, between the Clippers and the Thunders has kind of put a couple bow on this? Is there a clear winner to this deal? I think they're both winners. I mean, for the Clippers to get this much in return, think about they got Paul George, what was it, two years ago, with the expectation that, hey, he may not stay. You have to convince him to stay. Um, so to basically have two years of Paul George and then flip him for all of this, like this is a haul. I mean, very few players could ever command this kind of a haul. And they just kind of lucked into, okay, this is the situation with Kawhi. So if I'm them, I'm thrilled that I'm looking to eagerly move Steven Adams, Russell Westbrook, Gallinari, um, you know, have a whole rebuild here. But it's hard to not say the Clippers are the winner too because you just got the best player in the NBA, Kawhi, to pair with Paul George, and now you're raiding contention for a long time. Yeah, I agree pretty much 100% there. Um, you know, Clippers get their guys. Uh, if you're going to go all in, screw the draft picks, you know, I can be lose my pick for a year or two when I'm not that great and just go all in for it. Uh, if you're going to make a title push, you got to go. Uh, but I do love them with the Thunder. I mean, they're picking up now probably the 2022-2024 picks aren't going to be that great. The Miami one's up in the air. It's hard to kind of say where some of those are going to be, but that, was, that 2026 pick could be quite good. Uh, plus, they got rights to swap. So, there's no there's no guarantee that this Clipper team turns out great. Uh, a lot of it's going to depend on who they pair with them. Got, you know, Kawhi gets another quad injury. He's out a year. It, a whole lot of things can happen. So, it's a lot of great trade ammo, a lot of great picks. It's got a lot of good opportunities to turn it into something else. So, I, I like it for both sides. Yeah, I think it's been proven like time and time again that these big star free agents, they don't care about draft picks and young players. Um, we've seen the Lakers pretty much gut their pick situation to get Anthony Davis. Um, these picks and even Gildress Alexander was not drawing you know, Kawhi there on his own. He wants to go with an established guy. And then you pair it with Pat Beverly, uh, Lou Williams, a bunch of actually pretty good pieces there. Um, some lengthy guys, some good defenders that... These guys care about vets. They care about winning now. And the picks, it's not really going to be, you know, even Kawhi's problem probably later on. No, by the time it becomes Kawhi's problem, Kawhi can move on. Uh, So it's, I mean, the picks are great for when you're trying to rebuild and you need superstars to get going. So you might as well move picks to get a superstar because you're not going to draft a Kawhi. You're not going to do those kind of deals. But just kind of move to the other side of, well, not really the other side of LA. It's all they all play in the same place. But uh, look at the Lakers. Um, what do they do now? It seems like they're trying to just grab whatever's left in free agency. Bringing in Danny Green's probably a pretty good move. Got more money than I thought. Two for 30. Um, I guess, do you think they keep pursuing somebody else at the deadline this year and next offseason? I mean, they're going to have to. Uh, LeBron's getting older. As much as he's still fantastic, he is getting older. There's going to be a learning curve of how him and AD get together and how well they play together. There's They've gutted most of the roster to pull Anthony Davis over, so there's not too much left. So it, they'll make the playoffs. They're going to. They'll probably make second round, depending on who they get matched up. But they, they're going to need some help. I don't think you could pencil in LeBron for you know another title run. No, I don't think so either. And it's not like Davis is the most durable guy either. Um, it pretty much, once Kawhi took this long, and it seems like it took this long because of the trade that was being negotiated, not as much Kawhi's indecision, um, but whoever was left out of the Kawhi deal seems to really be kind of behind the eight ball here because all the free agents signed. Uh, it's not like they can pivot to a Jimmy Butler or to Tobias Harris, Al Horford, any of those guys. Those guys are all gone, um, and Toronto's kind of in the same place now. Yeah, they can't even. It's not even like you're pivoting to a, a second or third tier. We're down to the dredges now. It's league minimum guys. It's 
you know, you're looking, maybe you can get that buyout market where it's a guy like Iggy's probably going to get bought out. But, you know, you're going from, you know, Toronto thinking, hey, we can roll it back and, and get quiet to come back and make another run. We just want a title. This is awesome to we have nothing left. There, there's really not much left in Toronto at this yeah. point. So I guess that kind of rounds to go, was it all worth it for Toronto? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you win the title, it's worth it. Those banners, you know, last forever. 100%. If you, if you told me, hey, man, you got to make four trades, you're going to be bad the year later, you're going to win a title, I'll take my parade, I'll take my championship ring, let's put a banner up, let's have a great time. Exactly. And the, I mean, they didn't give up, like, this kind of a haul to get Kawhi in the first place. They gave up DeRozan. Um, and I think we know San Antonio is already trying to shop him a bit. He's... A decent player, but he can't be one of the best players on a championship team anyway. Yeah, he's not quite. So, in the end of the game, Toronto got the best player. They took the best player, and they won a title with it. So, it's 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 great for them. Um, st- sticking in the East, we saw Durant tell the Warriors, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, and he teamed up with Kyrie, who just ghosted the Celtics and stopped talking to anybody up there and moved on over to Brooklyn. Are you surprised they chose Brooklyn? Or are you surprised they teamed up together because they're kind of two combustible players? Uh, what are your thoughts on the the Kyrie and Durant going to Brooklyn? Yeah, I can't see. I can't wait to see how it works out. As you mentioned, they are two of the most moody, difficult to you know difficult teammates there are out there. I hope it all works out. Um, I could see it completely blowing up in two or three years. Um, it's going to be weird though because it's going to be Kyrie's team this year with Durant out, and then how they work Durant back in. Um, with not a whole lot around either of them since D'Angelo Russell's gone, I think it's fascinating, um, and I, I'm not sure, I'm not too surprised they picked Brooklyn. Given, I mean, players don't want to go play for James Dolan in New York. It seems pretty clear now. Um, what were your thoughts when they paired up and pairing up specifically in Brooklyn? No, my, I wasn't surprised that that Durant paired up with somebody. Um, yeah. I think he was he did what he wanted to do. He got the, the title monkey off his back when he went to to uh, Golden State dominated showed he's one of the best players won a title he so that's marks off of him now i think he wanted to i don't know if it was draymond if it was it was never really durant's team he caught a lot of crap for going to golden state so i think he wanted a new start he's always been a ruber new york like you said the knicks are a straight nightmare so brooklyn's not a not a bad spot new they got the barclay center which is new so there's a lot of good stuff there you still get everything from new york I don't personally. I don't think him and Kyrie are going to be a great fit together. Um, I just from a like you said, they're both very moody players. They're both difficult to get along with. Um, but Durant is out a year, so who knows even what he is when he comes back. So this may be that it's really Kyrie's team going forward, and you get seventy percent of Durant, which is still incredibly good. Yeah, and for Brooklyn, it's a no-brainer. I mean, it's risky, um, but what's the other alternative? You just roll it back with D'Angelo Russell, and you're still a five, six, seven seed. I mean, this is a big swing, um, but one that I think a lot of other teams would have liked to take if they could have. Oh, I, if you would have gone to, I probably I would say twenty eight franchises and said, "Hey, you can have Durant and Kyrie." Yep. And you don't, don't trade anything. No. Yeah, and then they get to trade D'Angelo Russell, and right. I think they did a decent little haul out of that too. So did okay there but i mean that kind of takes us back over to the other side of new york um the knicks this was supposed to be their off season they were gonna get anthony davis they were gonna sign some free agents they cleared out all this cap space this was this free agency and the off season for them what the hell happened 
Yeah, and I mean, they thought they had Zion, too. This whole season was about you know, Zion and the free agents, and you're right, Anthony Davis, that that never materialized there either. Um, it's just a disaster. And then what I hated, and uh, Bill Simmons really hit on this on Twitter, was they gave a lot of like two- and three-year contracts to a bunch of role players. The Julius Randle one I liked, but the rest of them were like seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth men. Uh, locking them up to multiple years just seems crazy, especially when teams were paying to, um, you know, get rid of contracts and giving away picks to do so, like Mo Harkless. Um, the Clippers got a first-round pick for him by taking on his contract that they were able to use in a future trade for um, Paul George. So, like, not leaving yourself that flexibility to pick up picks when your team's not going to be relevant anyway just seems like a huge mistake and that they're just trying to put some product out there that's somewhat okay. But they, everybody knows this was not the plan. Um, so just to lock yourself into a bunch of guys that aren't going to be traded for much of anything. We never see role players get traded for first-round picks or anything. Um, it takes players at least of a Tobias Harris level to really get value in season. So to me, it's crazy. Um, but it's just the Knicks being the Knicks. Yeah, that's what it is. It's the Knicks and the Knicks. Um, they're garbage. Let's just call it what it is. They haven't been good since Patrick Ewing. They never should have got him because I was. we all know that draft lottery was, was rigged. But yeah, this was supposed to be they're going to pick up you know, KD's coming. It'll be Zion. They had a shot at AD. Like, and then come to find out, they wouldn't even offer Durant a full max deal. Right. They were concerned about his Achilles. I'm like, you're the Knicks. Offer the money. Yeah. Why does it matter? It it makes zero sense whatsoever to say, ah, oh, you know, you know, Durant. We'll we'll kind of give you some money, but we don't really know that Achilles. Like, get the hell out of here. It's but I, and the pettiness to leak that right afterwards is just it's almost embarrassing because were they thinking? I guess I could see it if, if Durant's by himself and they don't have they don't have um, uh, Kyrie coming too. Maybe then by himself you don't want to necessarily pay him, but you just can't report that afterwards. It's like the you know the guy who doesn't get the date and then he just says, "Well, I didn't want to go out with her anyway." Okay. Yeah, she's not that good looking. Like, right. get out of here. Uh, it it's just comes. It's a, it's they're grossly mismanaged. Uh, it starts in ownership. He shouldn't be an owner. How he still has, and I mean, it's, it just proves that you know, as an owner, as long as you got the money, you can keep your team, and nobody can ever say a word to you. I mean, they're good, they're bad, they're gonna stay bad. You know, I think they were a bunch of one one deals, but still, you sign early in free agency a bunch of dudes that still would have been there two right. days in. So it, it just made no sense. Like you said, we you could have got, like I said, Iggy could have came. You could have picked up a lot of these dump offs, especially in these big deals. Like why, why? I just don't get it. Um, but, you know, speaking of Bill Simmons, you know, he does a lot of his rants. But with him and looks like Kemba went up to the Celtics, uh, I guess that's Kyrie's replacement. How are you feeling about the Celtics? you think they're better, worse, about the same? Um, better, better than they were last year. It's getting to the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago wasn't doesn't mean that that's the team that they were. Um and you thought about bringing back those guys, bringing back Hayward, bringing back Kyrie would have really helped. But Kyrie just never got along there. Um, the team really was not, you know, any better with him. So bringing in a guy like Kemba, who's going to give it his all, he's going to be an awesome teammate. Um, I don't think he's the same player as Kyrie, but he's going to be such a welcome addition for them. He's going to fit into what um, Stevens does there. I think they're it's a great addition for them. I mean, you knew Kyrie was walking in to turn that into – 
you know, turn the space into Kemba, even if you lose Horford to Philly. Um, I think it's a huge win for Boston, and you keep in contention instead of just going, okay, we have only Tatum and Brown, and we're trying to rebuild this thing again. They can kind of rebuild on the fly, get back in contention, and maybe with another piece or two, they're in contention for an East title next year. Yeah, I mean, they're going to need more help. I think they'll make the playoffs. Um, they're a 6-7-8 seed, maybe. Um, I, I don't see them. I don't see them in the top half of the East. Uh, there's t- they're not. I think while Kyrie never fit in well, Kyrie can still take over. Uh, yeah. Kemba's quite good. They still have that terrible Hayward deal in the books. Tatum didn't. I don't think took as, as big a step forward as people were hoping for last year. I mean, it's a good move. I, I'm not going to hate on the signing. I mean, Charlotte did nothing to keep Kemba, so. I mean, more power to him. you got to sign somebody. So it made, it made sense. I just don't – I think they're a first round and out. But, hey, they'll make the playoffs again. Maybe you get lucky. You never know who you run into. But I don't think they're they're that close to being, you know, Eastern Conference Finals again. Yeah, that's fair. I guess just for me, given the expectations that they were going to be out of this whole thing, it's a positive, but you're right. It's not, it doesn't put them in true contention. Uh, but just quickly on Charlotte, what were they doing with Kemba? Like, to let – Kemba walk I get that you don't want to pay the luxury tax and they didn't want to give him the um, like 220 million dollar deal for five years the designated player deal but they could have still if you knew you weren't going to give him the 170 or 180 that it would have taken to keep him over five years how do you not trade him like at the deadline to me that's insane just to let him walk yeah I mean this is billionaire owners don't want to spend a little bit of money yeah which always blows my mind that's why in labor deals you always see me on the sides of the players but yeah, you, okay, if you knew, okay, hey, we're probably not going to keep him. You could have went to him halfway through the year and said, hey, is there a particular spot that you'd want to play that we can trade you so they can get your bird rights where you want that extra year? Right. Yeah, you know, quietly and say, hey, because this is probably what we're offering, so give me a rough idea whether you like this or not. Now, it's, it's not the five-year max. That's what I want. Okay, then, hey, we're going to do what we can to kind of move you around and see what we can't get back for you because this is what we're comfortable offering. It's not that hard to do as a professional uh you know whether or not Kemba's people would have leaked that kind of stuff and then you're screwed in negotiations who knows but just pay the tax or trade him for something you you come out and look grossly mismanaged and you know michael as an owner is not looking very good it's just it's just a bad look it's a bad look they get nothing for it they're going back to being missing the playoffs again and enjoy being crappy and then hope to get another player like Kemba in the future like that's you're not getting free agents in Charlotte, so to me, this is to just to lose him for nothing is insane. Um, but it's just another yeah. Michael Jordan, you know, run team that's kind of falling apart. Yeah, it's it's just a bad look. Now, speaking of uh, taking guys and extending them out, the max is Ben Simmons worth five years at 170 or 220, whatever that number is. I think he is. Just given, you know, what's the alternative? Um, and moving him really sets Philly back. I think this whole Philly experiment, we're going to get into Harris and Horford and Richardson and Philly, but it all depends on Ben Simmons. He has to get better. He has to establish some kind of a jump shot. He has to keep putting the work in. He can't disappear in the playoffs. But I think teams would line up to give him that offer if he was a free agent. How about you? I agree 100%. His skill set, even if you say, okay, he's not a point guard, he's really a four He's still worth a max deal. Um, there's just not that many people with his skill sets that can play the one, that can play the four, that can do those things. So there's no reason not to give him one. 
Now, I know he's been working with D. Wade's guy to work on his jump shot. He just needs the confidence, and I don't care if he takes 40 shots in a couple regular seasons games and say, hey, I'm going to work on this. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to be popping shots all night long. Hell, I can roll with it. People understand. The whole goal in the East is just make the playoffs. After that, it really doesn't matter. We talked about it on a previous pod with Embiid and his management, and we can talk about it here with the signing of Horford really helps that out. Is I don't need Embiid to play 80 games. I need Embiid to play 40. That's all I need. Make the playoffs, and then, okay, you don't have home field, home court. I don't think that really matters that much. So Yeah, you need to be the best um, come playoff time. Be the healthiest you can be. Um, and, yeah, you're right. Horford, being able to come in and spell Embiid and give Embiid those nights off I think is huge. He was the you know hardest player for Embiid to go against. What he can learn from Horford is really important. Um, and losing J.J. Redick for the Sixers is huge because he was the veteran leader who really helped these young guys. Um I think he was like so invaluable in the locker room. Horford kind of becomes that guy now. He's a new voice, similar. Um, it's a lot of money for Horford at that age, but I think we need a veteran in that locker room, especially with young guys like Josh Richardson coming in, who's a good, decent young player who can really defend. Um, locking up Harris. It's good to have Horford in that room, and hopefully he can get the most out of, especially Ben and Joel, because they're the keys to everything. Yeah, I think the... The veteran role that J.J. played, I think his time had run. Uh, J.J.'s not – he's got a great motor. He runs around, wears people out. Defensively, he ends up being a liability a bit. Um, he is getting a step older, a step slower. I still love him. Um, I, When you look at what he got, I was like, mm, I can see why the, the Sixers kind of backed off of that. Um, I think it's more important to have Horford um, – to just really, like you said, give those time to let him be at rest, give him a few nights off. You can move Ben down to the four. You can do a lot of different things. Horford opens up a lot of stuff. Uh, bringing back Tobias was huge. Richardson's huge. Uh, they made some real good moves. This team's going to be nasty from a defensive standpoint. Um, I don't think this, they're going to run into a lot of 140, 138 games. Uh, so it's I'm excited to see what it does. It's a nice – they didn't re- reload. They kind of re-imaged the team. You know, you still got Simmons and Bede, and, and now you got Harrison, you know, plus, plus a little bit more. So I, I kind of like where they've gone uh, with a little bit more focus on defense. Yeah, I think defensively this team will be really strong. I, I'm curious how they create shots in the playoffs, how they create shots um, late in the shot clock. We don't really have a guy who's like a – can really go get a bucket. I guess I'm saying we as a Sixers fan. Um, Harris possibly could be that guy, but Jimmy was – Jimmy Butler, we're going to get to him in a second – he was the guy in the playoffs who, like, give me the damn ball, I'm going to go get the bucket. And I think he was actually really good for Embiid and Simmons, uh, especially Embiid. I don't I don't know exactly what happened there, whether the Sixers offered um, you know, the four-year max, the five-year max. It seemed like Woj was first reporting they did not. Then Haverstrow and some local sources said that they did. Um, don't know what happened there. I, but I think the relationship with Embiid was actually pretty solid. I don't think there was anything that really led him out of Philly, except for it seems like he wants to go and you know, have the offense run through him in Miami. He believes in what Riley has planned for next summer. Um, and Riley's proven he can get some guys to go down there, so maybe maybe it's a good fit for him in Miami. What do you think about what happened with Jimmy, um, You know where he ends up in Miami, and can they put something around him down there, or is it more of like this is a place where he can go play his style of play and hopefully get some guys, but it's more about the location the fit than anything else the first one of the reports i read that because i guess he was there for i guess i don't know if it was Dwayne wade retirement ceremony or whatever it was 
Uh, and he was super impressed with how Miami rolled out the red carpet, how they treated him, and that's something that left a lasting image for him. So whether that contributed to it or not, hey, uh, he's going to go to Miami. I don't think they make the playoffs. They might squeak in. I, it's it's hard to say. So I think for Jimmy, it came down to he was going to get paid his money regardless, so he might also enjoy his time with basically no pressure right now in Miami to kind of do him, do what he wants. Like I said, he's a bit of a personality. I hope it works out for him, but, I mean, if they've moved most of the good pieces out of there, and I don't know what Pat Riley would be able to come through and pull next year. Yeah, it's going to take another couple of stars being disgruntled. Um, I don't see Westbrook being a fit down there, even though they love him because the Thunder own Miami's 2021 unprotected pick and 2023 protected. I can't see him hurting his own picks to do that. Um, But you mentioned that he was so impressed with the Dwayne Wade send-off, which was a year-long retirement tour, exchanging jerseys every game. Um, It's hard to go in there and think you're going to be the Dwayne Wade, but I wouldn't put that past Jimmy. Um, I don't know if it's realistic or not, but I'm excited to see what he does down there. He was really, really good in Philly. Um, There's just so many storylines to watch this year. I mean, all these new lineups we're talking about, I guess we can close here with the exciting young teams we didn't even get to yet. Um, I know you love the Pelicans, so why don't we start there, and then I'll cover the Hawks a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I really love what the Pelicans have done uh, as far as bringing it. I mean, obviously, they got Zion. They made some good moves there when they like, got a haul from from the AD move over, out to the Lakers between the picks, which we've talked about, in, I think, in the previous pod. We've talked about those kind of things, the, the young players. They're not done. Um, I watched Summer League yesterday where Zion just ripped the ball and dunked the hell out of it. Um, so I think it's going to be a really fun team. I think that's probably my, my second team to watch. Uh, behind the Sixers is the Pelicans see kind of how they do, how they mold. Uh, I mean, Zion's a freak athlete, so any team with him is going to be exciting, but they've added a lot of great pieces, and I'm curious to see how it works out. Yeah, I am too. Um, you know, getting those guys from the Lakers, Ingram and Ball, I'm curious if either one of them pans out, really. Um, but they have a good chance to down there. And then you factor in, they signed J.J. Redick, which I think is an awesome fit there. Uh, as you mentioned, he's slowing down defensively. He's not the same as he possibly used to be, um, especially because he kind of gets exploited due to a smaller size. But in terms of locker room, in terms of spacing, they need guys who can shoot around Zion. Because Zion, as you mentioned, he's incredible. Um, having Drew Holiday there, it's pretty underrated still. I'm really excited to see them. Um, the other team that's getting talked about a lot and actually could be a playoff team in the East, I think, is the Hawks. So last year, I didn't like what they did when they traded you know, Luke uh, Doncic uh, for Trey Young in the pick. But they ended up with Trey Young, DeAndre Hunter, um, Kevin Herter, who can play. Um, just a lot of really young, good players um, that are all pretty exciting. So I think there's going to be a lot of stuff. I mean, I might actually get lead pass this year because there's a lot of stuff to really keep keep an eye on this season. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a ton of good storylines. Um, again, I think this just goes to show, we've talked about this on previous pods, uh, the NBA knows how to run things. They know how to run the offseason. They know how to keep you engaged. Um, I legit had my laptop open at 6 p.m., literally hitting refresh, and it was a holiday weekend, basically. Uh, so the NBA knows what they're doing. Uh, there's not this kind of excitement in baseball. There's not this kind of excitement in football. You don't get this kind of free agency movement where these crazy things are happening, and it's really, honestly, either much see TV, must sit there look for the Woj bombs. Like You're doing a lot of stuff particularly so the nba is really killing it uh, i'm excited to fire up 2k to, to kind of load up see these new rosters get, get, get a chance to play with them myself and have a little bit of fun there uh 
So I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, I don't think we've ever seen an offseason with this much movement. Um, you know, two exciting situations where we don't have, you know, three or four teams in contention. We really have almost 10. And I can't remember when that's been the case. Um, we haven't had a player who's been finals MVP and then left the team as a free agent. Kawhi's the first one to do that. Um, it's just wide open, which is going to be awesome because the one thing the NBA always gets knocked for is having, you know, the least amount of parity, knowing kind of, okay, it's going to be Warriors, Cavs, and that for so long, that was going to be the case when LeBron was in Cleveland. Um, I think it's just going to be awesome. It gives a lot of teams hope. Uh, a lot of fan bases have a real, you know, dog in this fight. And then the trade deadline is going to be insane too, as teams kind of ratchet up and try to fill out the missing pieces. Yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot more movement. Uh, I think with the, this free agency, this offseason, there's still a lot to go. There's been a, kind of a ton of things that are still, I think, going to happen. Like you said, there's a lot of parity in the league. Um, so we'll find out whether people actually like parity, whether or not they really just want those super teams so they can have a clear person they like and a clear hate, um, as they say. But from the NBA, NBA free agency standpoint, I think this is going to wrap us up this week on the pod. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, make sure you rate, subscribe, give us some feedback. You can find us on Twitter at Evo Sports Pod. You can find me at Drew Ferraro 88 Dave, tell the lovely folks where you can find you. Sure, D Sanders 877 on Twitter. Excellent. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll catch you on the next one.